meet the startup founders who make the impossible possible right here on Florida Space Coast. You're turning into Zero Clicks featuring Dan Larson, CEO and founder of Dan Larson Consulting, bringing you some of the biggest and most beloved music festivals from across the state of Florida and beyond. Zero Clicks is brought to you by Cypress Bank and Trust. With over 25 years of banking expertise, Cypress has expanded their products and processes, offering customers a solid foundation for all of their financial needs. To learn more about Cypress Bank and Trust, please visit cypressbanktrust.com. Welcome back to Zero Clicks. I'm your host, Jared Heisenberg, and I'm here with the Dan Larson. Dan Larson is the man behind so many of the state's most exciting and beloved music festivals. Dan's work as a talent buyer, marketing director, and overall stage setter for a damn good time is legendary around these parts. One of our goals with this podcast is to not only showcase our high-tech startup founders, but the incredible people that make up our co-working membership who are highly, highly skilled and bring a great sense of vibrancy and expertise to our community. So Dan, welcome. Thanks for having me. We are uh, really excited to have you here and there's a lot to cover, but what, let's just start with giving our listeners an overview of what you do and your ties to Brevard County. Well, uh, I started my career in Melbourne. Uh, I was attending BCC before it was Eastern uh, State. Uh, as a young college student, uh, I got curious about their performing arts center, the King Center. And I would uh, drive to Orlando weekly to attend concerts. I would go to the House of Blues, I would go to the Hard Rock Live, and I would go to Firestone, The Social, and, and any number of venues that had shows that I wanted to see. And uh, to me, there was a disconnect because Melbourne had this great venue, but nothing for college students. So I, uh, I got bold and I went on their website and I found the email of the executive producer, or executive director. Uh, I wrote a nasty email. I said, you've got this great venue, but you're not uh, on a college campus, but you're not uh, promoting any shows for college students. So he said, you know, you're right, uh, let's talk. That uh, email turned to uh, a conversation. The conversation turned to a internship, which turned to a job, which turned to a career. And uh, through that, I found that you can make a viable living promoting concerts. I didn't know that existed before. And uh, it's been something I've been passionate about ever since. Uh, from there, I, um, I became the uh, marketing uh, director for the uh, St. Augustine Amphitheater a year before uh, it really took off. Uh, I uh, moved to the Dr. Phillips Center in downtown Orlando. I was uh, a year of pre-construction. I booked uh, the first full year of shows, uh, 325,000 attendees. Uh, 233 events and uh, a lot of a lot of gross revenue. Uh, I left there and I um, was the first employee hired to produce the Okeechobee Music and Arts Festival. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Bonnaroo meets Burning Man in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so we, we had 36,000 uh, attendees our second year, 32 our first. Um, I was on the, the ticketing team, the marketing team, the talent buying team, the everything team uh, with a small scrappy uh, staff 
uh, launched that, and then I um, became a partner in uh, what's now called the Vanguard in Orlando. It was a 100-year-old building, uh, formerly known as Club Firestone, formerly known as uh, Venue 578. We took it down to the 1929 studs and uh, rebuilt it. Uh, it's now one of the most uh, popular um, dance music clubs in the, the state, if not the world. Uh, I don't know that for a fact. But, I think um, it is. Let's claim it. We're going to claim it right here. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I also consulted on um, the Three Points Music Festival in Miami, the Miami Beach Pop Festival, and now I produce uh, events, uh, cryptocurrency, uh, DeFi, DAOs, Web3 events, and uh, I'm dabbling in a variety of entrepreneurship. Very cool. So you, your career has evolved so much as you went down all these different avenues. And you started off by saying how there was a void in Melbourne, right? Like, and I feel that sometimes too. Like I want to go to a show. I want to have that culture. I want to have that experience. And it's not here very much, but I can say that a couple of years ago, I saw Dave Chappelle at the King Center and that was very cool. So have you seen Melbourne evolve? Would you say it's better than when you kind of first made that very first phone call and said, hey, there's there's a problem I see here? Absolutely. Well, that, that's the foundation of all entrepreneurship, solving a problem. Yep. Uh, you know, you can have uh, big macro level uh, problems like space travel and, and uh, you know, uh, utilities and infrastructure. Or you could have minute uh, problems that, you know, uh, people have a specific niche for. Uh, it's about recognizing those problems, solving them, and uh, creating a business use case. Yeah, and not being afraid to go for it. And not being afraid to go for not it. Not being afraid. So there's so much that goes into these very large scale events that you have, and I have so much respect for what you do. So from the artist, to building a stage, to the marketing, to the safety, so many elements go into it that if done right, patrons barely notice. Uh, but give us a sense from your perspective, what does it take to kind of put these events together? What is it, what are the must-haves for curating a really good time? There's a lot there, right? Uh, in the case of um, Okeechobee, uh, you are literally building a city. So the, the city of Okeechobee has 30,000, uh, you know, year-round uh, residents. For the weekend, we bring in 36,000 plus. Right, so we're more than doubling the actual city. Uh, and with a production of that level, you're literally bringing in utilities, you're bringing in food, you're bringing in staging, fencing, life safety. Uh, you have your own uh, EMT staff, you have your own police force, you have your own security force. Uh, and you have to be a pseudo municipality within a municipality. All right, and then you uh, take that at the very uh, opposite end of the spectrum. You know, I've not only produced large events, but I've also produced small events um, in, you know, 300 capacity clubs. So uh, in that case, you know, you, you need to make sure that the, the venue sounds right. You need to make sure that there's uh, restrooms and, and ticketing and concessions and and all the elements of a good time are in place, right? And um, when I was coming up in the space, I, I heard that, you know, most CEOs know a little bit of a lot of things, right? Because when you're in control and when you're in charge, 
you need to know the details of what makes a good concession line or what makes good waste management and what makes a good sound system yeah. uh, in addition to the big macro things like who's on stage and how do we sell the tickets. Yes. Uh, so, you know, understanding the, the whole umbrella of your ecosystem is, is vital. Um, to, to empathize with your attendees, I'm in this business because I love events. I love music, I love entertainment, I love education, I love uh, the whole vertical of bringing people together for a common goal. And um, you want it to go well. So. You definitely want it to go well. And you want it not to rain. You hope that the weather cooperates with you for all the work that you put right. in, right? Absolutely. Well, have, yeah, have you ever counted the number of steps you've taken when you've run an event? So when when I was doing Okeechobee, it's on 800 acres. Yes. 600 acres, yeah. Uh, 600 acres, and uh, you would walk 10 miles a day uh, easily. I want to say 40,000 steps. Yeah, that sounds uh, about right. Yeah, uh, maybe more, maybe six, yeah. I don't recall offhand. But, uh, you know, I love, I love my office work where I, you know, can be in the zone mentally and ideate and imagine something from nothing and then create it. Yeah. But I, I also love the physical element of an event where, you know, you're, you're not just behind a desk, you're, you know, mingling with the crowd, you're taking care of issues backstage, you're, you know, in the real world, yeah. applying your, your planning skills. It's an incredible hustle. You're setting barricades, you're taping cords to streets, right? Mm -hmm. You're nonstop problem solving, and your day starts so early. You have that 7 o'clock show, you're probably there at 3 a.m. putting a stage up, right? And kind of maintaining that energy throughout the whole night. It takes a lot of stamina. Absolutely. How do you prepare for that? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, narcissism. narcissism. <laughs> A little bit of, uh, you know, adrenaline really is what gets it going. And uh, you have this superhuman ability to go longer, to, you know, do more when, when everything's on the line. You know, when you're in charge of, of an event, there, there is no no. It has to be done. And uh, that's what pushes you forward. Yeah. So what you really do, what you're talking about is you're a culture builder, right? You're creating ways for people to have a good time, to let their hair down, and uh, you create a space where people can have traditions, right? What are, what are some traditions maybe you have on show day or traditions you've created at your festivals? The, the best thing you can do is create a team dynamic. Right, because there's nothing that is done by a singular person, and it's the times where you are going through long hours, you're going through challenging uh, parts. You've got to take uh, the the train and put it on on track, right? And it's the dynamic with communication. It's a dynamic with we're going to go above and beyond because we all believe in what we're doing. Um, that really matter most when you're, you're the show's live. You know? Like the show must go on is a, a saying and it's a reality too. Yeah. So uh, having a great team, people that get it, that are gonna have your back and, and help propel your vision or you know your project forward, 
and, and maintain it at, at every level, right? Uh, everybody has a role and um, execution is, is how you do it. Uh, other than that, you know, it's, it's having imagination. It's having uh, a vision for uh, what you want to create. Um, whether that's, uh, you know, uh, uninhibited uh, experience for the weekend camping with 35,999 strangers. Of your closest friends. Of your closest <laughs> friends. Uh, or, you know, being in an intimate show with 50 other people. Yeah. It's about um, curating a meaningful, artful experience. I love that you mentioned teamwork because that is just so important. Everybody has to be ready to do anything at any time. But you said, no is not an option. It's how do I get this done? And so building that culture before the show even starts is so important. So I think I, I've mentioned to you before that I hosted Florida Tech's Homecoming Fest, right? I've had the opportunity to host Y Club John and Cold War Kids and Matt and Kim back when I was the executive director in downtown. And I remember my very first show that I did, it was Matt and Kim and I'm standing behind the engineer booth and I'm just looking at the stage and these lights and an artist that I recognize and know that's in Melbourne. And I'm looking at 5,000 students in the public sitting there and just having a moment, one where I was like, oh my God, all these people are my responsibility, right? I hope everybody does well and gets home safe, but also sitting back and going, man, like, look what we just did here. So tell me about like one of your, man, look what I just did here moments. Describe it for me. So when, when you work in a performing arts center, there's hundreds of shows a year, right? So we did 233 at the Dr. Forbes Center, uh, over 200 at the King Center. And when you're going from event to event to event, uh, there's a lot of a lot of uh, catch your breath and, and move on to the next one. When you do a large event like Okeechobee, it's one event a year, but you really want to do it well. So one of the, the most uh, profound moments of my career was uh, year one of Okeechobee, we had Kendrick Lamar on stage. And my, my mom- Not a small me. name. Yeah, we, we, uh, we had Mumford, we had Skrillex, we had Holland Oates, Robert Plant, all in the same list. But what was wild was I was watching uh, Kendrick Lamar side stage with my mom and my dad. And my mom and my dad are not hip hop fans yeah. by uh, nature, but we were watching this extravagant, uh, charismatic performer on stage with 30 plus thousand people that manifested itself because of a vision I shared with a great team of people. And it was this uh, out-of-body experience. I got to share that with my parents. That's so cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you look at the fruit of your labor manifested in reality, and, and it's, it's a great experience. That's why you do the things you do. Yeah, to capture those moments. So you're working a lot of weekends, probably, a lot of evenings for these shows. Talk to us about your work-life balance. What do you do when you're not doing shows, and how do you have some fun? Well, my, my life has shifted away from multiple events a year to doing only a handful of really meaningful, higher margin events. Uh, so in the entertainment world, uh, you risk money uh, based on who you you know, book to a venue, and you might make money, you might lose money. Uh, it's it's a gambler's game, and uh, you know, it's about 
staying power and averaging more wins than losses to, to make that happen. Uh, what I do now is I, I plan conferences uh, on behalf of people. Uh, so Decentral Miami is my uh, main client. Uh, this year we're doing two events. Uh, one is in Miami, it's 5,000 attendees uh, for a educational uh, networking, uh, you know, experience where uh, 5,000 plus attendees will be in person and then we're live streaming uh, on Binance Live and CoinMarketCap, which will be aggregated to um, 20 to 40,000 people around the world. Uh, so doing less things well um, is, is really my MO now. Uh, I will buy a ticket or get a comp ticket uh, for a show when I want to see something. Yeah. Uh, but um, doing something impactful where you have time to plan it out, have time to really make an impactful experience, that's that's my my main gig now. Yeah, it's a testament to everything that you've built to get to this point, right? You don't get to just do that right off the bat. You do that through a lot of shows, a lot of hustle, building your name, right? And really right. building your career. So, you know, there's lessons learned at every stage of, of the event production um, world. Uh, when I was producing 300 capacity shows, you never work harder to uh, promote a concert and market a concert at that level. Uh, because some people in the audience may not know who's on stage. Yeah. Uh, it's exponentially easier to market an arena or an amphitheater or a theater performance because at that level, people know who you're at and they're willing to pay good money for you. Um, so on the marketing side, it's, it's challenging. Uh, there's a lot of people just cutting their teeth, learning how to tour, but everybody starts there, right? So you've got to learn your lessons in the clubs, then you graduate to the bigger clubs, and then you go on to the theaters, and then you go on to the small amphitheaters uh, and arenas, and then hopefully you end up in the stadiums and, and large festivals. I want to know about COVID. So COVID obviously had a huge impact on what you do right and so we went through this stage where there was no shows and then we went through this push and pull of being vaccinated at a show and if you were allowed to show a vaccination card and the politics of that what are you seeing now i just went to a concert i went and saw the killers i'm themed up for our interview today and it was business as usual is that what you're seeing uh and now it is but covid was a very dark time for the entertainment world uh, a lot of people had no source of income. They they lost jobs where they dedicated their lives to. You're, you're talking people that risked it all, gave it all, invested millions of dollars into just pursuing their passions and their loves. And it was taken away, uh, you know, uh, in, in a blink of an eye. And, you know, it was a, a hard identity crisis for a lot of people. A lot of people that work in that industry are what they do and it, it was a difficult time for people to bounce back to pivot to you know get other work because that's what they did every day right it just wasn't wasn't a good time right not a good time. Uh, but there was a lot of innovation prior to covid uh live streaming wasn't really looked at 
as a viable, um, profitable venture. But there were artists. Uh, my friend produced a live stream for a band called Under Oath. And what they did was they did all of their fan favorite albums end-to-end, back-to-forward. They created exclusive merchandise options that you can only buy if you watch this live stream. And they were able to make exponentially more revenue than if they actually toured. They they saved a lot of expenses on travel, uh, on hotels, logistics, and what have you, and, and were able to pivot in a very artful way that really broke the mold for a lot of people. After that, you saw uh, a lot of streaming startups. You saw a lot of people creating inclusive content uh, distributed through the internet. Uh, I, I was on uh, Clubhouse when they uh, were a thing, and um, I remember this gentleman who produced uh, the Billie Eilish uh, live stream. Um, he had a daughter, and his daughter watched the Billie Eilish live stream. And to her friends, that was her first concert experience. So my first concert was Billie Eilish, although I watched it on the internet, yeah. which isn't the in-person thing, um, just just reinvented the whole vertical for a lot of people. So there, there was a lot of downside, and then there was you know a lot of adaption and innovation uh, that, that was a byproduct of it. Yeah. In addition to that, Web3 uh, with NFTs and blockchain protocols became a viable uh, revenue stream for you know, a lot of artists, visual artists in addition to musical artists and, and what have you. That's a whole other topic of discussion. Yeah. But again, it was, it was a, a positive to a dark side. Yeah people had to pivot like startups. They had to change, they had to adapt, and they had to keep going and figure it out. And through that, they used technology to innovate, right? Even in small ways. Like you said, I went to the killer show and it was like, they got up on stage and were like, you know what? We're just going to play the songs you love the most and let's have a good time because we're all together. And I recently saw Chris Rock where I had to lock my cell phone in this bag that came unlocked in certain areas, right? So technology and like responding to your fans in those small ways to using NFTs and blockchain to grow your business. It's all super interesting. So tell us a little bit about this Miami conference and your work with crypto and all these new technologies and kind of what you're doing and how you see it. So what, what I what I do is I produce events. I bring people together and I bring people together in the most atmospheric, interesting and logistically feasible and viable options as I can. So um, I became the executive director of Decentral, or executive producer of Decentral last year. And what I do is I scout venues, I walk through the user experience, I budget, I plan, I create a, a stage design, I you know do the logistics of streaming that, I uh, create trade shows, I do all the, the detail and planning for an event like that. It's very much the same skill set of planning a festival. What goes where, how do you do it, which is a very relatable skill to actually building venues. There's life safety that you need to consider with egresses and, and, you know, the same principles as real estate. So it all works hand in hand. I'm, you know, consulting on their brand. You know, how do you make this more appealing on the external side? And I'm also consulting on the internal. How do you make this a better experience, more visually impactful, and uh, elevate your user experience, but also 
the FOMO on the, the tail side. Yeah. A lot of it's about FOMO, right? Yeah. Building that next year's attendance sheet, right? Through the, through the first driven one. driven by, by uh, FOMO in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Can you share with us a worst show moment? You know, I have a mindset that there is no problem that you can't solve, right? There's a solution somewhere. So I never am in despair. I'm never defeated. The show will go on yeah. and we will make it happen. I love that. Uh, the, the worst uh, experiences are, you know, when, when the energy of the, the production is wrong or when, you know, the, the, the dynamic of the touring show is, is toxic and it just has you on edge, right? Yeah. But that's, that's more of a people problem than it is an actual problem. And then, you know, in the show biz, Real world people problems become big issues based on egos, right? So it's not an actual problem. Yeah. You know, having sugar-free Red Bull versus (laughs) non-sugar-free Red Bull is probably not the end of the world, right? But it could feel like that on show day. One time I bought the wrong bread for an artist and I felt like it might be over. (laughs) But in reality, it's not. (laughs) But take your humanity. Yeah. Put it back in there and what what is your issue might not be a really big issue in yeah. the, the grand scheme of things, yeah. right? So not taking those things to heart is is a really important part. In, in this business, there's a lot of drama, a lot of uh, ego, a lot of, you know, manufactured issues, right? But you, you want to make sure that you at your core know, did I do the best I could do? Did I make the best decision I could make in the moment? And if you are true to yourself, true to what you can do, shit happens. It always does. Making sure, you know, people are safe, nobody gets hurt. Uh, and if they do, you have the, the right emergency planning procedure and response. That That's all you can do. And if you do all you can do, then you don't have anything to worry you about. You have some peace. Staying calm is a uh, number one, right? Absolutely. Level-headed and calm. How did you find your way to Groundswell? Well, uh, so I had moved from Melbourne to St. Augustine, St. Augustine, Orlando, Orlando to Miami, back to Orlando. And I had a uh, child process and uh, growing up with a grandma and a grandpa and another grandma and grandma is a good thing for a child. So having that support in Melbourne was a good uh, good move back. And then um, Groundswell was a co-working space that... I could get outside of the home where you have barking dogs, you have (laughs) screaming babies, you have, you know, all the issues of uh, running a household in real time, all the time. So having a place that's a haven for your own thoughts is is really essential to to what I do. And I looked it up, I I saw it on uh, LinkedIn. I got curious. I took a tour and I'm like, sign me up. We love it. We're so glad you're here. And we see people come in all the time that know you and you know them. And it's, it feels like a little reunion at sometimes you it's get to community. see old friends. Yeah. yeah. It's a community first and foremost. So we hope from today's podcast that you took away that you should not be afraid to reach out to someone in your industry that you don't know and not to be afraid to try new things because it could lead to a whole career that you have to have a vision for the future. You have to see it in your mind's eye in order to manifest it in the real world and work on projects that you believe in and that you are passionate about and that your values align with. 
And you can find Zero Clicks on all the normal places that you find a podcast, as well as the Groundswell Startups YouTube page, LinkedIn, and anywhere you can find us on social. As always, we like to cap off our podcast with asking our guests three words to describe Groundswell. So what are your three words? I would say community. You know, the the people that you share space with matters. And and this is a vibrant and growing community of of people that are accomplishing a lot. Uh, Capital. You know, uh, a lot of uh, groundswell uh, companies have raised a lot of capital, a lot of innovation, and it's really exciting to be in that atmosphere. And comfort, you know, it's uh, right on the riverfront, which is uh, serene and beautiful. Uh, It's a little oasis away from your everyday uh, home life. And uh, you can get that really challenging mental work done here. I love it. Well, you can learn more about Dan by clicking up with him on his LinkedIn, finding him on his Instagram at at Holy Mackerel. I love that Instagram name. You can also find his company on the web, Gradient Exchange, and his artist management company, Quality Time Travel. And if you want to learn more about Groundswell Startups and the work we do to help high-tech founders or create a community where people like Dan can come and, and grow their business and their ideas, you can visit us at swellstartups.com or check us out on LinkedIn. Thanks so much for joining us, Dan. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers.